0: Coming to you from helping our music evolve in Nashville, this is the Quinn Spin. Hey now, and welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to a brand new edition of... The Quinn Spin. I'm your host, The Quinn. I'm back here at Helping Our Music Evolve in lovely East Nashville, Tennessee, right in the heart of Music City, for a brand new installment, the third episode of March. You know how we were doing two per month? Well, we did three this month. It's my birth month, and I wanted to celebrate turning the big three three earlier this month. But it's not about me, it's about Mr. Mike Bay, who's joining me here in the studio. He has a project called Borrowed Sparks and just put out an album, The Prettiest One Left, earlier this month. And he's joining us to talk about that and a whole lot more about his journey. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so glad to have you in the studio. And now we start this off how we always start this off with three standard questions. Those being, who are you, what do you do, and why on earth would you want to come on the Quinn Spin? (laughs) Well, my name is Mike Bay. I'm the
1: singer-songwriter for a a project called Borrowed Sparks. And, um, I just, uh, just released the debut EP, um, got connected with, uh, the podcast and, uh, through a, a mutual friend and just stoked about what you're doing and love talking about music and life and just kind of conversations that are inspiring. So. Well,
0: music and life is what we do here, so (laughs) you came to the right place, very happy to have you once again, and so I want to learn about your life, sir, and I want to learn about it from the beginning, so let's talk about your formative experiences in music and also just the people, places, experiences, and of course the artists who kind of shaped you and influenced you to go on this path.
1: Yeah, um, so I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and... uh, um Let's see. I don't know how far back you want me to go. As
0: far as you want. Uh, I'm here all day. I'm all here right, for you. All right. <laughs> um, I guess.
1: I guess I was like 12 years old, and I had a friend who uh, I went over to his house to hang or whatever we were doing, and he had an electric guitar. hmm And I remember he played. Uh, he played a Rage Against the Machines riff, and I thought he was the cool. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Like you, this song that I hear on the radio, you just played it. Yeah. And it was probably a hundred dollar uh cheap guitar through a cheap amp but to me i was like that's amazing you just made that thing come to life yeah like Mm -hmm. and i went home begged my parents for a guitar um ended up getting one later that year for my birthday and um and started taking lessons and that kind of thing and i never really did well with the lessons Mm -hmm. like i just i didn't want to play twinkle twinkle little star i wanted to play the stuff i was hearing on the radio yeah. or the stuff from my cd collection mm-hmm. and uh i think from that um is kind of where i started writing songs because at the time i i was really into uh into punk rock and a lot of those songs the guitar parts are really fast yeah and i couldn't play fast i just mm-hmm. i didn't have the like dexterity or the ability right so i was like well i can't play that song but I could probably play that chord and just play it a little slower. Mm -hmm. And then if I work really hard, I could change to this next chord. And that turned into like writing my own songs or half songs and, um, kind of did that through most of my junior high and high school and, um, met friends. And, and I remember (laughs) never being frustrated because I was never like the great guitar player. Right. And these guys were, were really good. And, Mm -hmm. um, but in in a way, looking back, it was those limitations that led me to songwriting. Right, because I could, I could practice and whatever. But what at the end of the day, what I really wanted to do was write the song, right, and, and convey the emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, played played in bands through through high school, typical high school kind of stuff. Mm-hmm playing around town. A lot of
0: pop punk blink covers, you know, like Yeah, we, <laughs> like we, everyone did back we in the did, day. We
1: did a ton of the the pop punk covers. Mm-hmm. Um I was always into like a little bit more of the heavier stuff. Mm-hmm. It, I was thinking about this on the way over here, listening to some old some old music. The stuff that I like really liked back then was like Rancid and Lagwagon and kind mm-hmm. of maybe the heavier side of that era. Yeah. And then me and my friends, we would make fun of the kids that were listening to uh, Dashboard Mm -hmm. and those kind of things. But uh, we would get in our cars alone, and we'd put in the Dashboard record. Oh, of course. Nobody could know. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, it's so funny now meeting people who are like, oh, yeah, that was the same. I had the same thing. I was the 16-year-old who would be like, Dashboard, no way. And Mm -hmm. then turn around and get in their car and put it and know every word. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Your hair Oh my gosh. Don't, every... don't get me started. I could go. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so anyway, I did that through, through high school, got into, into college and, uh, started playing in the, in the first band where I was kind of the frontman singer mm-hmm. and, um, met a guy, a, a band that was based here at the time, mm-hmm. um, called Raven Hill. Shout out to Raven Hill. Mm-hmm. Good friends of mine still. Um, Anyway, uh, I came down to Nashville um, for a Springsteen concert mm-hmm. in 2014 I think that was. Uh-huh. And I met up with the singer from Ravenhill Josh, and he said, "Hey, uh, our our guitar player quit. Um, you know, uh, kind of crazy, but if you if you wanted to join the band, like we'd love to have you." Uh-huh. Um, my project back in St. Louis had been falling apart and mm-hmm. um and I was like yeah that, that's really nice of you man. I appreciate that It's kind of you to think me um, I talked to another friend and he was like I told him the story and he was like, oh yeah well you know if uh, if you need a place to crash like I've got a couch and you can you can sleep on the couch and yeah um, and so I was like well that's kind of strange so I sent it I started sending out a couple of uh, resumes um, mm-hmm. to uh, for jobs. This is all in the course of like four days that I was here.
0: It happens quick. It happens Mm -hmm. so quick. Oh, yeah. And
1: I I got an email back and the guy said, hey, um, I know I live here in town, but if you ever relocate, I'd be interested in talking to you. And I said, well, I'm here right now. Can I stop by Mm -hmm. and talk to him? And he said, as soon as you're here, you know, I've got a job waiting for you. So in the course of three or four days, I had a job. I had a band. I had a place to stay stars kind of just which was all good enough for me yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um and uh went back home and i was talking to my roommate at the time and um he was like that's really crazy because uh our lease is up in four weeks Mm -hmm. and i'm moving to california and i was like oh
0: so it really lined up (laughs) this is done like Mm -hmm. um, yeah
1: and then that combined with the support of my my friends and family who are like dude, you have to go mm-hmm. like, this is, this has been your dream for so long. And, yeah. And now the stars are perfectly aligned. You can't say no to this. Right. be miserable. Yeah. Um, so, uh, packed up my Ford focus with all my guitars and a couple of bags of clothes and mm-hmm. whatnot and came down and I was on the road that first weekend with, uh, with Ravenhill. We did, uh, t- uh probably two years of touring with that band. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still going there in Dallas now mm-hmm. um, and uh, had a great time learned a ton about being on the road and mm-hmm. and this what that means like what does it really look like? yeah, not, like not the, the glamorous everyone yeah. sees what
0: happens on stage you know right. nobody sees the nitty gritty behind the scenes. yeah
1: not the not the tour bus but the like, shit our van's on fire like
0: it's not good we're broken down we're we're, we're six hours away we play in eight hours and we're broken down on the side of the road oh my god yeah Mm -hmm. I
1: could tell stories about that forever um but really learned like what how much you have to love it Mm -hmm. to to keep doing it for sure um and what was strange is I always went back to it I was always like no I really love this Mm -hmm. um through all the, the uh, struggles of touring and 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 that kind of life, um, I kept going back to it. Um, so, a couple years doing that, Ravenhill, uh, the band moved to Dallas. Um, two brothers in the band, their families in Dallas, and it made a lot of sense for them to to relocate. And um, I wasn't about to relocate again. Yeah. Um, and so. I started kind of doing more of the hired gun thing mm-hmm. um, and quickly just learned that that just was not me. Like, right. I just miss the connection of mm-hmm. playing music. Like I want to get in a room and and play tunes with people who are passionate about that music. Yeah. Um, and that it's just not that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of upsides to it. And if it's your thing, there's a lot of great Opportunities to do it, but it's just not right. I'm just not that guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so all of that time, I had been on the side, kind of writing my own songs just as a hobby and just Mm -hmm. for fun and, um, and therapy. As a lot of songwriters probably tell you, like, Mm -hmm. whatever's going on in your head, like, gotta put it on the page, it's got, yeah, it's gotta find a way out. Oh, yeah, um, and that's always been a really great release. Uh, release for me so all that going on kind of got to a place where I was like "All right, if I'm gonna do this like it needs to be my thing Mm -hmm. like I need to um, I need to be able to pour myself into it and kind of direct where it goes and and collaborate but choose who I want to collaborate with and and when and why and those kind of things and Mm -hmm um kind of long way of getting there but that's how borrowed sparks is here now mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and it was uh previously launched uh, mm-hmm. under a different name which yeah. we're not going to mention the name uh <laughs> but there 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 were some bumps in the road there cuz last year you had released a couple singles mm-hmm. under under the other name and then you know there was a cease and desist that came your way
1: yeah this was this was really tough for me um, personally. So I, I'd spent years writing the songs and kind of kind of crafting a, a sound and a direction that I think that I wanted to go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, then spent another year recording um, and working with a great team to, to release the singles and eventually the record. hmm and we got about we released two singles, and we got about six weeks before we were going to release the whole record. Right, and I got an email mm-hmm. um, from another artist who was claiming that our names were too similar, um, and it was causing confusion in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that they owned the the US TPO, the copyright, essentially mm-hmm. the trademark for that name. Yeah. Um, so the next email was a cease and desist. Mm-hmm. Uh, demanding that I take everything down in 24 hours, all the songs, wow, all the social media. Um, and I fought really hard. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I fought back really hard and, uh, it got to the point where the cease and desist came with threats of, of a lawsuit against me, against other people that I was working with. Mm-hmm. Um, they had called venues that I was playing at, uh, that I had shows booked at, saying that they were gonna sue the venue. Are if you they didn't Cancel me? the show? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, so. Um, anyway, all that all that happened, and uh, and it was personally just so deflating. Yeah, and, I, I and can imagine. Like, yeah. Worked for years on something, and then within a week and a half, like Mm -hmm. it was all gone. Right. Like Spotify, Mm -hmm. the music was gone. YouTube, the music was gone. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff just disintegrated.
0: Yeah. And that's one of those, that's one of those moments that certainly like we all come to those crossroads that will test our metal, you know, and really like that's one of those real, like you have to love it moments. Yeah. I could imagine because, you know, you put so much time and effort and money and just, just work into all of this. And like that, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody just kind of came in and took it from you. So talk about how you dealt with that end of things and, you know, how you recovered to bring it to this point where now you're borrowed sparks and the album is out.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, it was tough, man. When I, when I finally realized that it was all, real, that it mm-hmm. was not some, it wasn't a joke and it wasn't like something that I could clear up with a, an email or talking mm-hmm. to the right person or something like that. Um, I just, I, I wanted to quit. Like I just mm-hmm. kind of, I wanted to get really far away from it. Yeah, I was, like I said, heartbroken, but I was also pretty embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to, to have to tell someone like, I put a year and a half, two years of my life into something. And this small detail, mm-hmm. or or something out of my control, um, shut it all down. Like that, that was, was a shot to the to the pride. Of course, um, yeah. On top of everything else, so um, I was talking with uh, with my wife about it, and she was like, "Maybe you just need some time away. You mm-hmm. know, maybe you just need a little reset. Right. Um, you know, instead of trying because." My initial thought was, okay, I'm going to think of, I'm going to pick a new name mm-hmm. and and rebrand and we're just going to release this thing like mm-hmm. 3 weeks later. Yeah. And every time I went to work on her, think about it, I just felt terrible. Yeah, I just, just didn't I couldn't get into it, yeah. you know, and um So, uh took her advice, got some time away. Um was still writing songs because I can't stop
0: at this point. Yeah, it's just ingrained. It's just yeah. yeah.
1: If I could, um, mm-hmm. you know, I I probably would, but I can't, like, it's just too, I love it too much. It's yeah. too, on too many levels, it's it's a really healthy thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was still writing, and I kept coming back to, like, I still want to do this. I still want to do this. Yeah. Um, and it was early December, so or five months after everything got mm-hmm. shut down yeah um and i was coming home from a from a trip and i was just like i've, I've got to do this i've mm-hmm. got to find a way to start this thing back up yeah um and just started slowly rebuilding and mm-hmm. and figuring out how the re- re-release would work and um and once i kind of made up my my mind and the resolve was there that I was going to mm-hmm. do it, Right. it's been so much easier. Oh, yeah. It was that in-between spot where, like, am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? Right. Um, And over the course of all of those months, I had friends and family who were all, you know, who would ask about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And every single one of them was like, man, that's such a bummer. But, like, you've got to get back on the horse. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to do this. This is... What you've always wanted to do
0: yeah yeah and you know i think we do all come to those points where it's like there are in all of our journeys those tough points and like where we could reasonably be like well i tried you know Mm -hmm. like gave it a good effort maybe it wasn't meant to be but you know when that fire burns inside of you to do it you know and you don't know anything else you don't know any other way then you find a way yeah right And so that way for you now is borrowed sparks you know and So you have these, you already had these songs, you know, now they're under the different name and there is that like punk rock grit, that edge to them. Right. But there's also this Americana sense of storytelling of vulnerability of rawness there too, in an emotional sense. And I want to give you a chance to talk about the material. Uh, The prettiest one left just dropped on March 13th. Mm -hmm. And so just talk about how all your influences came together here and who you worked with on this record and what that process was like.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you heard those influences because that's definitely those are the, the two things that I'm trying to merge. And I think mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of ways that they blend really well together. And there's a few ways where they clash really hard together. <laughs> and it's just it, the process of making this record was trying to find that sweet spot and mm-hmm. trying to trying to find where they coexist and they complement each other and. Um, and like I said, I grew up, the first music that I found for myself was punk rock. Mm-hmm. My dad always had music on in the house growing up. Stuff like the Eagles and Steely Dan. And mm-hmm. I, I love those records, but it wasn't mine. It, right. was, it was given to me. Yeah, um, And it kind of always existed mm-hmm. as far as I was concerned. Right. Um, so hitting my stride and finding my own music was huge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's so core to me. Like I could never leave that fully yeah. behind. Right. Right. Um, but also getting older and, and living more life. Um, I want to tell real stories mm-hmm. that are, that are lasting. and right. Um, that are serious and, and, and could help somebody. Right. Um, mm-hmm. or, or just be cathartic for me, which yeah. is me processing through something that, that happened, um, so trying to find the 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 uh, middle ground there where those two come together, I I had been writing the songs and a lot of it was just acoustic guitar and mm-hmm. not a lot of production. Yeah, um, and I met the uh, the guy who produced the record, Darren Kyle King, over at Racking Studios. He's mm-hmm. incredibly talented. Um, and Darren and I had a bunch of mutual friends and kind of known of each other. We finally got together and started playing some music and I instantly knew I was like this is the guy. Like mm-hmm. he kn- he grew up listening to punk and and rock and is in that fully in that world and understands that but also produces a lot of Americana and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like he could be the guy who gets that sound, those sounds to kind of come together. Yeah. Um and sure enough he did. And I think uh I think we got it. I'm I'm really proud of what what came out? Darren was so important in the process because first of all, I probably would have never done it had I not found right. Darren because mm-hmm. I was just waiting for that right producer with mm-hmm. that um, with that right energy and also background. Um, one of the best things about the process with Darren is uh, I, I grew to trust him. If he said, "Hey, that that's not good." I trusted in that it wasn't good. Right. You know, and that's a big, when you've been working on your own music by yourself, you, you take so much pride in the direction and, and the sound, and to let someone else in on that is a big deal.
0: Yeah. Um, Or
1: at least it was for me. It could be,
0: it could be very tough to, you know, like this is your baby, you know, and it's easy to be precious about the details of it, you know, and the thing like to hold on to certain things about it, Mm -hmm. whether or not they work in, you know, the conventional sense. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, and there's, and there's so much, uh, you hear so much about this in music, but people trying to craft your sound to be a certain marketability for a certain demographic. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. I was like, I'm going to do this. This is, f- I'm going to do what I want to do sound wise. And, and if it does well, great. If it doesn't, well, then at least I did my thing. Yeah. Um, and finding someone like Darren that I could trust that wasn't trying to make this more of a pop record so it mm-hmm. would do better, um, that was huge. And and knowing when he was like, oh man, I think you could sing that line better. Mm -hmm. And oh yeah, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Or I think I think there's a better lyric for that bridge. Maybe we should work on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That was huge. That was a really big part of the process.
0: Yeah, and I think I think you know certainly the sound you were going for that marriage of styles certainly achieved. You know, when I when I listen to the record, you know, I hear kind of like this social distortion meets gaslight anthem kind of sound, kind of middle ground where it's like, yes, it's got that edge it's got that grit, right? It's got that that punk at its core but there's also very much this emotional storytelling aspect to it as yeah. well. So I want to give you a chance too to talk about some of your favorite moments on the record and what they mean to you There's uh one of the things that we really focused on was
1: I, I didn't want to make a guitar record. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to being a guitarist and 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 my background, I didn't want to come in and have a bunch of guitar solos and like giant guitar riffs and that kind of thing. I wanted to make a, a, a band record. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll hear a lot of stuff like maybe there's a guitar lead part, but there's an organ doubling that. Yeah. Or there's a, a piano doubling that or mm-hmm. something along those lines. We used some, some cool like glockenspiel mm-hmm. uh, to double some of those parts that just made it really chimey. And that's one of the things that I'm proud about is that I, I we got away from what was easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been in the studio and made records with many other bands and artists where I was just a guitar player. So it's, it's familiar for me to pick up a guitar and say, okay, what do we need to, what does a song need? Oh, it probably needs a guitar part. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and that's not wrong. I just wanted to do something different. Yeah, and, um, we worked really hard to not mm-hmm. do. The same guitar record that I had done over and over again in the right. past,
0: And that stretches you, you know. It helps you. It gives you a chance to grow and evolve, yeah. In, in your in your own into this new kind of state as a musician, right? Yeah, I was also. It was also really exciting. Like
1: mm-hmm. it was one of those things where I I thought we could do it, but I didn't know we could do it, right? Um. So showing up to the studio every day, I was like, I felt like I had to really be there, yeah, mentally. And like really locked in instead of in the studio, but like kind of on my phone and spaced out and yeah, just waiting for the next time to record mm-hmm. it. Instead, I felt like every note, like I had to be there mm-hmm. making sure that it wasn't this one direction that we were intentionally chasing something new. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was super inspiring.
0: Oh, yeah. And when you, when you hit Pater and you come out with something, you know after being so locked in that you're really happy with yeah. the feeling of that, you know, it makes it so much more rewarding to have re- like really applied yourself to doing something new and have that new thing turn out, you know, as good as or better than you expected, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was
0: very very rewarding. So so through all of this, you know, I mean, it's been it's been a long road to get to this record, you know, uh what are some of the lessons that you're taking away from this whole experience and that you would impart to, uh, to your peers, to other musicians, other people getting their start on their projects. Check the USTPO registry before you pick
1: your band name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Um, Uh, uh, I think one of the coolest things that, uh, that I have learned is more personal about me and it's, it's, the resolve that I'm not going to quit doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you're right. It's just been hurdle after hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's this project. That's, you know, the many projects that I've been involved with before, um, that either went a different direction or I want a different direction. Um, it's just strengthened me to mm-hmm. know that this is something that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, for myself, whether it's successful or not. And I think that's maybe one of the best things an artist can learn is yeah. uh, do it for you. Mm-hmm. Not that you shouldn't make music that other people are going to like, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, if you don't love it, if if it's not something that you feel like
0: burning inside of, yeah. of you, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a
1: part of who you are, um, then find that, mm-hmm. you know, find that thing. Right. Um, That's probably the best thing that I've learned. And I I hope other people learn it before Mm.
0: I did. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think you can grow into that, too. You know, like when I when I started this show back in 2013, I just needed an outlet. I needed I was working in corporate America. I just needed something. And I had done college radio and I'm like, I listened to a couple of those shows. I'm like, okay, 10 people cared about this enough to listen every week. Like, let me make something somebody might care about again, you know? And from there, like came into this independent music world, you know, Mm -hmm. and really started to understand and appreciate the grind, especially as my contract at that job expired. And I had to try to make something happen on my own while I looked, you know, and there are those points that, you know, like we've talked about, will test your metal and really make you question what you're doing. But I find also after a while you take enough shots where it's like nothing's going to stop me. You know, like you're just like if this, 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 this and this didn't do it like whatever it's just another you know it's just another opportunity to eat dirt and i'll get right back to it you know like you just get to that point where you take the big shots and they kind of they show you something about yourself Mm -hmm. right they show you how much you want it if you want it and if you do then you know it fortifies you over time i find absolutely i mean I, i used to uh
1: get nervous before shows and you know what if there's people here who don't like it or you know mm-hmm. and and now I'm like if you don't like it that's fine like, mm-hmm. that's I've I'm sure whatever your response is I have seen worse mm-hmm. right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right short of like throwing a beer bottle at me mm-hmm. like I've probably seen worse mm-hmm. and I'm still going mm-hmm. so I think that is the biggest thing not that I have any wisdom, but from what I've learned is, like, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. eventually, you're if you're looking for a sound, you're going to find it. If you're striving for a gig, you're going to get it. Like, mm-hmm. it might take a year. It might take 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm 33 years old. I've been doing this for a long time. And I feel like I'm just now finding that. mm mm-hmm. Where I'm like, oh, this is home. Like yeah. this is where this is where I've been trying
0: to get. Yep. Um, yep. Same thing. Same age. Everything over on this side. Awesome. Of the room. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, for sure, man. Yeah. 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 You know, and it just like the thing. The thing I find too, and I think this is really important for people to understand is like sitting around and wishing and complaining that you're not where you want to be. Like that's not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's every. There, you know, as cliche as it is, there is no such thing as an overnight success. It's every single at bat you take. Yeah. You know, it's every single time you play out, whether it's a huge showcase or an open mic, you know, it's every song you put out. It's every live video you put out. Every one of those things over time, over years is what's going to add up to get you closer and closer and closer And when I say closer and closer and closer, not to the finish line because there is not, you know, (laughs) but to like but to a new, you know, state of being in this world, you know, in in this Mm -hmm. creative space where you're creating your best work, you know, and from there, there's always somewhere to grow, which is to me exciting. You know, I think Mm -hmm. over over time, like for me, like the process has become very exciting, you know, of Mm -hmm. like. You know, and just kind of looking back and seeing how far everything has come to now, it's like, all right, like, I wonder what things are going to look like if I just keep going, you know, in two, three, five years. Yeah. And that's
1: so important. That's something that I'm trying to get better at is looking back and trying to see the progress Mm -hmm. and appreciate like, oh yeah, three years ago, like none of this even existed. And, and after three years of work, like here I am and look Mm -hmm. at how far I've come and, and kind of letting letting myself take pride mm-hmm. in the work that I've put in. Right. And that's a tough thing for me to do. Yeah. I want to I want to be like, what well, I can't look back. Like mm-hmm. I got the next thing to do, you right. know? And mm-hmm. I think it's it's a really healthy practice to look back and and Pat yourself on the back a little bit and say, yeah, I did a good job. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's tough for me. And Mm -hmm. I think it's tough for a lot of artists.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's tough for me too. You know, like I'm always focused on the next thing. And like, same thing. Like I'm trying to get better at it. Like I try to, I mean, I'm to the point where, you know, some things early in the Quinn spins run, like you're talking 2013, 2014, like me and my co-host at the time, we all, we look back on and laugh at them. But at the times, like at the time, like those failures that we, that we encountered together were like soul crushing, you know? And, but over time it's like, look, I made it past that, you know? And now like I use that experience or whatever it is to inform, you know, what I do going forward. You know, I find, you know, you've been doing something like this long enough. You really, you can recognize where you've been before, you know, and you can apply the lessons from that. And, you know, it certainly get to know the different types of personalities, you know, that you'll encounter and, how to deal with those as well. Yeah. You know, there's just, there's so much you learn from doing and, you know, one failure doesn't define you, you know, 10, 50 failures don't define you. Mm. We all fail. Like it's synonymous with creating and learning and growing. Right. Not everything is going to, you know, blow up and go the way we want it to go. Sometimes, you know, it does require a step back, a look in the mirror to see, you know, to see where you've come from, and you know, how you got to the certain point you are and what adjustments you need to make, but also, by the same token, look back and be like, Wow, I've done a lot. <laughs> you know, yeah. and like it, it kinda powers you. It's like it just gets you to this point in your mind where it's like, if I can go through all that to get here, I can go to the next level. This and the next thing
1: is you know? not a big deal. Yeah. 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 It's a cool it's a cool thing too that um you know you and I have like a a built in camaraderie Mm -hmm. just because we've been through some shit, Yeah, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and probably similar things, but probably very different things too. Mm -hmm. But I think you can just appreciate the struggle. Oh yeah. Like what it took to get here Yeah, and then what it's going to take to get to the next place. And we're Mm -hmm. both doing it. Yeah. And that's cool. That's what I love about meeting other people who are doing creative
0: stuff. Yeah. And we haven't even really touched on like how pursuing something you're passionate about affects your personal life. Yeah. (laughs) Because let me tell you, (laughs) like, ooh, yeah, middle to the end of last decade, like, it really started to have some ramifications there for me. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm grateful for it now because all that stuff led me here to Nashville to where I can do my best work. Yeah. But at the time, like, there were absolutely points along that road where I'm like – Should I just be normal? Like, should I just, like, check the boxes and get the day job and, you know, married, kids, house, all that stuff? Right. Like, I still want all those things in my life, but I want them on my terms. You Mm -hmm. know, like, I don't want them just because someone else expects them from me. You know? And that can cause you to be at odds with a lot of the people in your life, Mm -hmm. including your significant other, including your family, including their family. It's just, you know, and it can take a toll and put in perspective, like... You know, I'm putting a lot into this, you know, how much do I want it? How much do I love it? Yeah. You know, and, you know, I came to a place where I'm like, well, I came to a place a few years ago where I'm like, this thing's all I got. So I'm going to keep going. Yeah. You know, and again, glad I did. But yeah, it it. it's not easy a lot of the time when you're f- still figuring all, all that out and going through the pro- process and figuring out what you want to build. Right. You know, for a lot of the people in your life to understand it. You know, that's been that that's that's really been a challenge that I've just cleared in the past year or so here. You know, yeah. The support of people
1: of the people around you, friends and family. I mean, it's. Oh, yeah. I I remember when I when I moved here, uh, leaving St. Louis, I had on paper a great life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I remember thinking over and over again, like, am I? Just selfish for asking for more out mm-hmm. of life. Like, am I a little stupid for trying to get more? Because there's tons of people who would love to have had what I had in single. I had a great family. Mm-hmm. I was in a long relationship. I had a great job. Um, all kinds of good things that, like you would describe, yeah. as oh yeah, I definitely want that in my life. Mm-hmm. And leaving all that behind to pursue what at the time was one thing. Yeah. Right. I just felt very selfish and kind of stupid regularly. Mm -hmm. And I, but I think it takes that. Yeah. Like it takes that almost stupid's the wrong word, maybe naive Mm -hmm. to think like, Oh, things could be better. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm going to keep pushing for everything. Yeah. Instead of accepting 75
0: or 80%. Right. Right. And you know, I think we all go through that, you know. We, I still go through it from time to time. It's like, hey, my family is 800 miles away. <laughs> like, you know, I'm missing moments with the kids. You know, like I'm yeah. missing, like I'm missing all that stuff. But at the same time, like, there's a worthwhile aspect to going out and doing, in my case, what no one else in your family's done. You know, going to a completely new place, trying to build a completely new thing. And you know that you like for me. Like I look at the kids in my life. Like I have three nieces and a nephew, and I, mm-hmm. I'm like, they know that they can do this because I'm doing it. You know, we, growing up mm-hmm. in the woods in New Jersey where I grew up, like you, you don't know that you can really ever leave unless yeah. like someone you know does it. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that and like I see that I see that a lot of my niece, my oldest niece, Amber. Now, like she wants to go to Japan, like learn Japanese and stuff. Like the last time I saw her, she's telling me all the things she wants to do, all the places she wants to go, and I'm like, I don't want to take credit for it, but I think you know, me just kind of believing and pursuing something gave her the idea, like, huh, I don't have to stay here, you know, like yeah, you, you know, it's it's good to really be able to show the people in your life that. Hey, I'm going to do this thing and I'm not saying it's easy, but you can do it too. If you're not happy, you can make a change, yeah. you know, or it, not even if you're not happy, but if you just want something, you can go and get it. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, as creatives, like we're all uniquely positioned to do that, you mm-hmm. know, um, and, you know, it's even better if you do have that good support system back home, Yeah, you, you know, who, who understands it, you know, and who wants you to succeed and be happy doing what you do doing what you want to do you know but you know there is that like man i'm leaving a lot behind i'm giving up a lot to get you know and i think we all go from time to time i still do you know it's not always the easiest thing yeah but well i think talking about your niece i think those that's one of those
1: times where you you need to look back and and be proud of what you've done you know that it may seem like a small piece but um you know yeah write that down or something in a journal like be able to look back because maybe she will go to japan yeah and you can take a small piece of that and be like wow i i helped in some small way oh yeah like encourage this other person to to chase their own version of their wild crazy dream
0: yeah you know like over christmas like i would so when i'm up there she's like she calls me gaga she's like gaga can i ride with you can i ride with you like like and i don't mean this in a bad way but won't leave me alone (laughs) she'd probably laugh if she hears me say that anyway but like so we're driving back from a christmas village over across the border in pennsylvania back to my sister's in jersey and we're just talking we're having this great conversation and at the end of it she's like i like being weird i make friends that way i'm like good stay weird she's like yeah normal's not normal she said that wow I'm like, you're 10, (laughs) you know, but it's like, good. Like, you know, she, she's a free thinker, you know, and like, you know, I want to, I want to help nurture that, you know, I mean, the rest of my family is kind of like by the books, you know, play it safe. Mm -hmm. Don't go too far from home, you know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just my sister will be the first person to tell you she's not a risk taker, you know, but like, you know, for Amber to kind of see someone else doing it, it kind of nurtures that quote unquote weirdness in her, yeah. you know, and I, I do feel good about that. You know, it, sometimes it makes it harder to be away. Cause it's like, I'm not there to nurture the weirdness, but yeah, you know, I can do it from afar, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. Like we can do it from afar no matter what, like no matter where we came from, you know, there are people back home looking to all of us who've made this leap, you know, and like, and want to know how it's going and, you know, wish us the best, you know? So it's just one of those things that, you know, you can always go back to. Yeah. You
1: know? it's, the coolest thing has been people who don't understand but are supportive anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends back home that are musicians or songwriters, and, and they still live in St. Louis. And I think they get what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and they're super supportive. Yeah. And I love that. But I've got friends and specifically family that I know do not understand mm-hmm. what I'm doing but there's still a lot of them are still supportive, and yeah. that's huge. Oh yeah, because if you get it, it's easy to support it. Yeah, um, it's easier for me to support you because I understand the creative thing. Yeah, like I, I, I get right. it. Right. Um, but to support something that you don't fully understand and takes you away from that person, mm-hmm. you know, gives you less quality time. Yeah. Um, that's tough.
0: Oh yeah, that's yeah. really tough. I think so. of my sister because like. She lost her number one babysitter, you know, and I tell her that yeah. all the time when I move. But, like, you know, she is very, like, she wanted a family. She wanted to be a teacher. Like, those were her goals, and she achieved yeah. both of them, you know? Like, she doesn't need anything more, you know? Awesome. And, like, but I remember, you know, in the weeks leading up to me moving, she's like, I'm not a risk taker, I'll, you know? But if this is what you need to do, then do it. Why stay here? That's you know? huge, man. And, yeah, yeah, just to have that was re- – like, it's really – to have people in your life who, like you said, who don't get it, like, themselves, but, like, I understand why you need to do it, mm-hmm. that's that's all you can ask for.
1: Yeah. Really. I know? had a, a really similar conversation with my mom right before I moved, and she said basically the same thing. Yeah. You know? Um, you need to do this. Like, mm-hmm. I can tell. Go. And that was, like – that was a big moment for you. I was like, all right. I'm done. I'm, yep. I'm going. Like, yeah. Um. The support of of people who don't get it or, or who haven't done something so uncertain before. Yeah. Um. I think it would be easy to be like, oh well, how could you possibly take a risk like this? That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Which it kind of is. Um, it is. It
0: absolutely <laughs> is. Uh, oh, I could go all day. Though. Yeah. And I won't argue that it's
1: <laughs> that it's nuts. Um. But. To have the support from people like that, I think, is just
0: a, a total game changer. Absolutely, it it makes you also, I think, just feel less guilty about it. it makes yeah. you feel a little less selfish about it. Like, man, that's a perfect word because I did feel a lot of guilt, mm-hmm. especially especially in the beginning. Oh yeah, I felt a lot of guilt. Oh yeah, yeah. I was scared to death to to tell Amber my niece. Like. Yeah. Because when I moved from Jersey to Pennsylvania, she was five, but she cried her eyes out. I remember walking away, and she's crying on the porch swing. I'm like, oh, God. So I'm like, this is going to happen again, except I'm moving a lot further away. Yeah. And I'm I'm driving her to the pumpkin patch because her birthday is right before Halloween. That's kind of our tradition. And I'm like, so uh, I'm going to go visit Nashville in a couple weeks. I made sure the word visit was in there because at the time, like, I didn't know when or if I was actually going to be able to pull this off. She's like, oh, are you going to go work there? I'm like, maybe (laughs) like I'm thinking about it like she figured me right out I'm just like I gotta come clean I'm like I'm thinking about it you know she's like oh I'd be happy for you
2: that's awesome. on
0: her ninth birthday I'm like huh she's like yeah you could do so much more music stuff there than Pennsylvania I'm like how do you know (laughs) know? (laughs) but it's just like you get that like that was the one person I was afraid to tell and she's like go like what are you doing
1: here (laughs) yeah it's almost for me it's almost been like once I have had the permission of those people, not the permission, the blessing of those people, then I was like, well, I don't care what anybody else says. Like, I don't need anybody else's blessing. If I've got my friends and family, like... Yeah, exactly. I don't need the the venue owner to love it or the guy in the back to love the songs. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fine. Right. I'm not doing it for them anyway.
0: Right, (laughs) right. At the end of the day, you know, like, there are certain you know, relationships that might not still be intact when you make a move like yeah. this, you know, like I've experienced that, you know? Absolutely. know, but yeah, as long as you have the blessing of the people closest to you, most important to you, you know, it does take a lot of that heat off, you know, yeah. those are the people, you know, the people at the core of your circle are going to make it a lot easier, a lot harder to do, yeah. you know, so having that support just, mm-hmm. it's like, there's nothing stopping me now, you yeah. know, I can go and do this.
1: I think in some ways too, it's strengthened some of those relationships where it's like, when I go back home now, like I really just want to spend time with those core people. Exactly. You know, yeah. um, when I first moved, it was go back and visit and try to see twenty five friends mm-hmm. in a weekend, and uh, and now it's like, well, I it's kind of distilled down mm-hmm. to like my people, you yeah. know, and right. and it's a lot easier time wise to see them, but it's just what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to spend time with those people.
0: Yeah. And the good thing is too, like you can leave it all here. Like you, you can leave the work here, yeah, and just go there and be present. You know, I feel way more present now, even though I live further away, mm-hmm. because I don't bring it with me. You yeah. know, I mean, I bring my laptop with me just in case I have to hop on and do something, but I'm, I'm. That's not what I'm there to do, right? You know, so it's able to stay separate in that in that regard. So let's talk about the future now. Yeah. So album's out. What else you got planned the rest of this year? Album's out. Um. I want to play a ton
1: of shows. Um, Got a bunch of... A bunch of... uh, Tours to announce. um, Coming up here soon. Um, Almost done with the next album. Um, So hopefully getting that out uh, early next year is probably the the time frame for that. Um, And I'm kind of just looking forward to like... uh, what I've been, the way I've been describing it is like having a resume mm-hmm. almost. Cause when you have a, when you have as an artist, if you don't have a record, like what's your resume? Right. Um, unless you've written for other artists and, and you can, you can do that. But yeah, I, I feel like I kind of have something to show for it now mm-hmm. and I can right. go forward like, Oh, what are you doing? Well, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm touring on this record or mm-hmm. I'm writing the next record or, um, So I'm really excited about that, but mostly uh, spending the spring and summer playing shows and Mm -hmm. and finishing up uh, writing the next record, um, hopefully hit the studio in the fall.
0: Well, if you're playing shows and you're looking for a writer's round, <laughs> I know of one down at Douglas oh, do you? Every yeah. month. Yeah, yeah. So. Absolutely. I, I know the guy. He, he, I think he'll book you. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think he'll help you out. So, uh, yeah. Well, looking forward to it. Best of luck going forward here, Mike. Thank you. This is Mike Bay. Borrowed Sparks is the project. The prettiest one left. Album out now. Before I let you go, sir, I'm going to give you a chance to plug the web and socials and tell people where they can find you.
1: Awesome. Uh, you can find me just about anywhere at borrowed sparks instagram facebook twitter the website's borrowed sparks.com super easy uh spotify borrowed sparks apple
0: music borrowed sparks youtube borrowed sparks so uh google borrowed sparks is pretty much what we're getting at uh, yeah you'll find it yeah (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much sir pleasure to have you on welcome back anytime thank you this has been the Quinn Spin. Two ends in Quinn, two ends in Spin. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can also find us on Instagram at Quin Spin Official, Facebook, and Twitter as well. Just search the Quinn Spin. You'll find us. Also, go to UndergroundMusicCollective.com. Our central hub for all things Quinn Spin and more, including. News on our UMC20 playlist, our Underground Writers Rounds that I just alluded to, uh, you know, kind of cheekily a moment ago, and plenty more. You could also find UMC on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube as well. The Mad Sugars, we want the night. This is our closing theme song here at the Quinn Spin, and it's a Nashville-based band. And I'm going to let Adam and Company take it away.
3: Should leave this all behind. Can't be treading water at 25. Paychecks here, not much left over.